See, the, the commanded blessing has to be spoken. Let's go on. I, I, I want, don't want to get stuck here, and I've got to hurry up and finish this. So how does it work? So how does this commanded blessing work? Now, we know that it works from the elements. We know that it works from the angels lining up. But go to the next screen. I want to put on a couple of other things. Sometimes it works with just you saying it. This is John Kilpatrick. John Kilpatrick, you may remember him from being the pastor at the Pensacola, down in Pensacola, Florida at the Great Brownsville Revival. This story happened before the Brownsville Revival. He had built this great big church, and he wanted an orchestra so bad that they spent an extra $75,000 putting a big hole in the middle of the stage because Brother Kilpatrick wanted an orchestra so bad. Come dedication Sunday, he said, I just knew we had hundreds of musicians in the audience. They kept calling for practices. No one showed up. They kept calling for practices. No one showed up. Dedication Sunday came. They had an empty orchestra pit. And John Kilpatrick says that with that big, beautiful building that they were dedicated and all those hundreds of people in the building, he could not enjoy the day for that hole behind him. He felt like a failure. He had built this massive building but he felt like a failure because there was a $75,000 money pit behind him that he ordered from the architect. And he said he could not get beyond it, and it just kept plugging him. He said week after week would go by. He started mentioning it from the pulpit. He started apologizing on dedication Sunday. He apologized for the orchestra pit. He was under condemnation from it. And one day he said, Lord, I am so humiliated by this. Why don't you just let me move? I can't get over this. I've spent their money. My reputation is on the line. I don't understand this. And the Lord said, well, I could fill it up if you would stop cursing it. He said, what do you mean? He said, you curse it every time you walk in here. You curse it every time you mention it. If you would stop cursing it, I could start blessing it. But I can't bless it as long as you curse it. And he said, why don't you go bless the orchestra pit? John Kilpatrick says he went there that night. He turned off every light in the church on Saturday night. He didn't want anybody to see him or hear him. He walks up to that orchestra pit. He said, orchestra pit, I bless you in Jesus' name. You are going to bring forth beautiful music. You are going to bring glory and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You will be filled with horn players and you will be filled. He began to call it out. And he said he got up the next morning. He never said a word about the orchestra pit. He did it the next Saturday night and the next Saturday night. He said he did it for three months. Three months. Still nobody in the orchestra pit. Nobody ever showed up for practice. He just kept blessing that orchestra pit. And one day he got a phone call from a guy that he used to pastor in another city. He said, Pastor Kilpatrick, I'm moving to your town. I just retired from the military. He said, I'm coming to your town. He said, by the way, since I've been in the military, I started playing the trumpet. He said, do you have a place for me to play the trumpet there in your church because we're moving there to Pensacola? He said, yes. As a matter of fact, he said, do you have an orchestra? He said, yes. As a matter of fact, we have a great orchestra, and we want you to come and play your trumpet in the orchestra. He said, don't you get on that plane without that trumpet. And this guy gets off his plane with his trumpet. He goes in the church. He is the only guy in the orchestra pit. He says, listen, you're the beginning of something. You get in there, and you blow that trumpet to the glory of God. He said, that guy, after three months, this guy had the 
move from another town to get there to the can I tell you something God can build a car plant in your city if that's what it takes to bless your church God can build a university in your town if that's what it takes to bless your church don't limit God by circumstances or geography so God sends this guy in he blows that trumpet he said he blew that trumpet for two months all by himself and then another guy joined him and another guy joined him but by the end of that year it took a whole year he said he never stopped going on Saturday night orchestra pit I bless you in Jesus name you are going to bring forth beautiful worship music to the glory of God he said by the end of that year there were 120 musicians playing in that orchestra and they are still glorifying God even now because he started blessing something instead of cursing it. I want, to, I want to tell you a personal story for me. Go to this next screen, if you will. This is my redhead here, by the way. She's not with me because as I speak, my daughter Lindsay is giving birth to my fifth granddaughter. And, and by the time I finish this sermon, as a matter of fact, I'm tempted to look right now. No, it's not yet. But by the time I finish this sermon, I mean, they're just that close. I think I'll have, we can't have boys to save our life. We had all daughters, and now I have five granddaughters. God must really love me me I tell you what and I say that truthfully because you get a lot more hugs and kisses from these little girls it's amazing and so so that's why my redhead's not here but this is Faith and uh, she sends her greetings and we took this picture in our house in one, one of our houses in St. Louis we were living in this house we love this house and every day what I heard somebody talk about blessings many years ago so I do something that may sound a little crazy to you I still do this I did it yesterday and uh, and so I still do this in my house I will walk through my house and I will bless it. So if you go to my house, you're going to see greasy doors everywhere you look. I'm telling you, I regularly oil those doors, and I'm not talking about the hinges. I'm talking about you're going to see little cross marks up in the corners. and Every single door, I don't care what door it is, every doorway in the house, inside the house, you're going to see my little fingerprints. And my, my grandbabies like to say, Papa, what's that on your door? Don't you, don't you clean that door. That's an anointed door. I still do that to this day. And I got a shofar. This may be a little too far-fetched. It might be too much information for you guys. I got a shofar, and I'll walk out in the middle of my living room. I did this yesterday morning. I'll blow it to the north, and I'm not running anything out. I'm calling things in. I declare the victory of the Lord. I blow that shofar, and I say this house will be filled with peace, and I blow that shofar. This house will be filled with prosperity. You know, the Bible says God can make you rich and add no sorrow in it. How would you like to have that kind of wealth in your life? And I'm just calling it in. God, I declare that there will be no sleepless nights in this house, no bad dreams in this house. And I blow that shofar to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And then I get the biggest breath I can. And I blow one final circle. And I blow it as long as I can. You know why I do that crazy thing? It's because the rabbis believe that when God was on Mount Sinai, his voice sounded like a trumpet which would have been a shofar to them and they said the devil doesn't know the difference in the sound of a shofar and the sound of God's voice so when you blow a shofar he doesn't know if it's you or God because it sounds the same so I just give that one final blow to cleanse the atmosphere as I'm calling in blessings 
And you may think that sounds a little strange, but when the Lord told me I was going to leave my 27-year uh, history, really my life's work there in St. Louis, three services on Sunday, the Lord was blessed. When, when God told me I was going to do that and told me the crazy things I was going to do, like building a school, and by the way, it launches Monday, so praise God. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how God brings everything in His time, His own way? It doesn't always work out the way you think, but it always works out the way He planned and I'm thankful for that. Everything God said, God said, I said, well, Lord, there's a lot of things I got to do. And one of the things I got to do is sell this house. And the Lord said, well, this house is blessed. It's going to sell. I said, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it without telling anybody because I got probably 15 or 20 real estate agents in the church. So I was, we were at a yard sale. And we saw on the back of a yard sale a couple's little name that we had never heard of. They were real estate agents in another county. We thought, well, that'll do. We just wanted them to come to our house and tell us what our house was worth so we could kind of plan and know what was going on. So we called this little couple up, and they're, they're in their, like, 31, 32 years of age, and they walk in the house, and we're just showing them around the house. You know, we're, we're just, they're just there to tell us what it's worth. They're not even... We don't even know that if they're going to be our listing agents. We just need to know what the value is. And so they're in our house. They'd been in the house about 10 minutes, and this girl starts crying. And she is just weeping and crying as hard as she can cry. And I, I told her husband, it was getting a little weird for me, you know. And I said, is she okay? Yeah, she, she'll be fine. She just keeps sobbing and crying. And finally I said, listen, I'm a minister. Do you, do, do you need prayer or something? Do we need to talk? Because I'm getting a little nervous because she's crying so hard he said you don't understand he said she's not crying because she's sad she's crying because she wants to buy this house I said what do you mean she wants to buy the house he said we've been looking for a house like this for over two years and we didn't know where to find it we already have our money he said I don't want you to tell me what it's worth because we it would be a conflict of interest get your real estate agent tell them to call us I said well why would I want to do that I already know what I need to get out of it and I just I just threw a high number out there that I was hoping to get and just like this they'd been in the house about 15 minutes and he said okay I said wait wait a minute what do you mean okay he said well we're already pre-approved for that amount he said uh if you are you guys going to be home in an hour I said yes he said then we'll bring the paperwork back and we can sign it can you be out of here in 30 days just I said, wait a minute, these guys have been in our house 15 minutes. We haven't even listed it. We haven't even, no commission sales. They were real estate agents. They handled all the paperwork. Let me tell you something. When God decides to bless you, he can bless you any way he can. He does not need your enemy's permission. He does not need a critic's permission. When God decides to bless you, he can promote you. He can exalt you. He can bless you anytime he wants to. Let's give God praise. I got to bring this down. I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world. Because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in, in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous 
uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just want to say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a, a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just want to say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. See, even nations cause themselves to be blessed or cursed. Do you wonder why our country has been so blessed? I'll, I'll tell you one of the reasons. Listen to this passage here. And you shall swear the Lord lives in truth and judgment and in righteousness. The nation shall bless themselves in him. Wow. The nation shall bless themselves in him and in him they shall glory. The nation blesses themselves. I know we sing God bless America, but can I tell you from the onslaught of this nation, from the very foundations of this great nation that we call the United States of America, that we have put God first. We founded this nation on God during the Revolutionary War when we fought for our freedom. Every single soldier, look it up in your history book, every single soldier was issued a copy of the Bible to carry with them onto the battlefield. They had, a, they had the musket in one hand and the Bible in the other hand and said, God, you are the only one who can give us this freedom. And they fought that war. It is because of that that they put our, we put as our national motto, in God we trust. Our Congress still opens in prayer at the beginning of their congressional sessions. It's our judicial halls and we begin to move some of this around and God help us because for all of our history in our judicial halls, you could see the Ten Commandments hanging. Even in the Supreme Court, the, the Ten Commandments are still there and the picture of Moses is right in front of the Supreme Court judges. They look at the face of Moses and read the Ten Commandments in front of them because we were blessing ourselves. Our presidents have laid their hand upon a Bible when you go into our judicial system you lay your hand upon a Bible we spoke blessings over our life but when we start taking the prayers out of schools and when we stop meeting at the flagpoles to pray and when we start cursing the name of God and when we start putting rainbows on the White House to show that we're behind the gay agenda then God has got to help this country because at some point in time we've got to return to the roots of our forefathers we will be blessed as long as we pronounce our blessings but if we don't we will live under curses I think I don't know what you think about the current president and I'm not here to defend anything except I want to make mention of this I am so glad that someone finally had the audacity to say that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel I am so glad I stand behind that comment and I'm so glad that will bless America that will bless America. God will fight for a nation that brings honor and glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I want to close with this. 
We need to start speaking blessings of ourselves again. We need to start pronouncing blessings over our life. It starts with something we say. If your church isn't where you want it to be, you can go on a 40-day fast and God will honor that and you can pray every day and God will honor that. But maybe you need to get in there and prophesy just a little bit. Maybe you need to do what Ezekiel said. God said, listen, you can pray all you want, but why don't you get in there and tell those dead bones to get up? Why don't you get in there and tell them to live? Why don't you call some wind into this place? Why don't you call some breath into this place? Why don't you speak some life into this place? You can pray and ask me to do it, but you have a dominion. You have authority. Why don't you go in there to that valley of dry bones and call, say, wind. I want you to come and breathe into these sinew bones, dead bones I command you to get up in the name of Jesus. Maybe you need to start prophesying over your church. Maybe you need to call the Spirit of God back into the church. Maybe it's something that God has given us the authority to do that we need to stand in that authority and begin to do it. How many blessings are you speaking over your life? How many blessings are you speaking over your marriage? How many blessings are you speaking over your children? How many blessings are you speaking over your ministry? How many blessings are you speaking over your health? How many blessings are you speaking over everything around you that you love? That is the way you preserve it. That is the way you bless it. The elements line up. Every quark under his command will line up in the authority of God's people if we begin to say it. God didn't tell Jacob what to say when he blessed his sons. Jacob was about to die, and he blessed his sons, and God honored what he said to bless his sons. Hallelujah. God is asking us to speak again. I want to close with this. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. There's too many people that I know have lived under curses too long. You know how you break a curse? You speak a blessing. Satan cannot curse what God has blessed. Let me say that one more time. You can tweak that if you want. Satan cannot curse what God has blessed. We need to start speaking blessings. Too many people that we know are pulling themselves through life under things that have been spoken over them. Images they've been dragging around about their own self, about their own marriage, about their own life. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. No one is going to listen to you. That's a bad idea. You're never going to amount to anything. So many curses. We need some fathers and mothers to lay their hands on some sons and daughters and say you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. I was in a conference. Perry, Perry Stone was having a conference here last year and John Kilpatrick was actually there speaking and he was actually speaking on the Father's blessings that's when I heard him tell that story about the orchestra pit he was telling them the, he was speaking about the Father's blessing the power of a Father's blessing to bless his sons and afterwards I wanted it touched my heart as a father so I wanted to get my, my daughters and both my sons-in-laws are pastors and I wanted to I wanted to get my, my daughters and my sons-in-laws I wanted to get them this DVD of this John's sermon so I went to the back of the conference and I walked in this door because I knew they weren't going to be ready till the next day and I really wanted to get them in the mail I was so pumped and excited about it so I walked in the back door back there where they were making the DVDs and there was a lady in there her name is Bonnie she's 72 years old and Bonnie was just leaning over 
the counter weeping as hard as she could weep. And I, and I thought, my goodness, what, what is wrong with you, Bonnie? Are you sick? I didn't know. I didn't know her name. I just walked in there to get a, a DVD, and this lady is just weeping on the table. There's two or three other people around her trying to comfort her, and I said, are you guys okay in here? She said, she looked up at me in tears streaming. She said, I've never had a father or a mother to bless me. She said, it just hit me tonight that all my parents ever did to me was tell me I was going to fail. All they ever did to me was tell me, they even told me, go live in the woods because no one's ever going to have you. They told me my whole life I was going to make a bad wife and a bad mother. And all they did was beat me down my whole life. And now they're dead and I can't even go to them now. They've never, I don't have one thing to hold on to. If they'd have just given me one phrase... I could hang on to that. I just I heard him talk tonight about a father's blessings. If they would just give me anything to hold on to, and they gave me nothing. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Well, you're a spiritual father. Why don't you bless her right now? Now, she's 72. That's the age of my mother. And I said, Bonnie, I, I know that I'm not older than you, but I am a spiritual father. I said, I used to be everybody's brother now I'm a father and I said would you mind if I bless you and I broke this curse off of you right now and she said can you I said oh yes I can and I'll be happy to do it she stood up I laid my hands on Bonnie I said by the authority of the name of Jesus the name above every name I break every dream off of you I break every nightmare off of you I break every word out of your head off of you I break it in Jesus name I break every curse that has ever been spoken against you every negative assignment that has ever been spoken over you and then I just pulled right out of Deuteronomy 28 I said you will be the head and not the tail wherever you go you will be blessed whatever you put your hands to you're going to be blessed you will be above and not beneath God God will bless you in the country. God will bless you in the city. God will bless you going out and coming in. You will be the lender, not the borrower. You will be the first and not the last. And I just begin to speak blessing. And Bonnie, she just collapsed in the floor. And she sobbed. And her friends got around her. And I waited around. They gave me my DVDs. And I thought it was over. And about a month later, I happened to run into Bonnie. And she came running up to me. She, they called me Dr. B. She said, Dr. B, you won't believe what's happened to me. I said, yeah, I believe I can. Just go ahead and try me. She said, I haven't had another nightmare. I haven't had another thought. She said, I have had joy. I've had peace. It's the first time in my life that I can tell you I'm truly happy. I am walking. I believe God loves me. I believe that I can spend the rest of my life being a blessing to those around me. I haven't had any of those thoughts since the day we prayed. I'm telling you what, you can cancel out a curse tonight by speaking a blessing. Here's what I need. I need some spiritual fathers and mothers. I'm not asking 
you t- if you're a district overseer. I'm not asking you if you're on the state council. I'm not even asking you if you're a preacher. I'm saying I need some mamas and daddies that know how to love kids. I need some parents. I need some spiritual grandparents just to come and join me in the front. I just need a few of you. I just need some of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit. If you Thank you for coming. Thank you for responding. I want to tell you, there's going to be a blessing in this for you. I need some mothers up here because there's going to be some daughters making their way down here and they're going to need you in just a moment. Hallelujah.